What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. It is just me today. I am flying solo because Kylie had some personal matters come up last minute that she needed to deal with, but we are sending her the best vibes that all of that gets sorted out. And I will be covering this one myself. So really excited to have you all listening on this fine Tuesday. Hope it's going well. Love a, you know, mid-September Tuesday. Hope, you know, the air is fresh. Hope you have yourself a pumpkin spice latte, all of the great things. And I know that I personally am having an awesome time because we just interviewed Poonam Rahman, who is the founder and CEO of two international nonprofits and also the writer of a book, so doing such amazing things really. So she's actually a listener of the show, which I always love to hear because it's just so inspiring to know that our community has amazing women like her. So her first nonprofit, Virtue Mental, aims to provide free mental health resources to individuals who identify as South Asian, Latinx, LGBTQ+, and other marginalized groups. And then her second nonprofit, Shattering Bias in STEAM, focuses on providing internship and mentorship opportunities to young adolescent girls who are looking to pursue a career within the fields of science, technology, engineering, the arts, and mathematics. And she's also writing a book by that same name, which is publishing in early 2022, which focuses on eradicating implicit gender bias within the field of STEAM and creating a more inclusive work environment for all women. So that's just a hint of all the amazing things we dive into in this episode. We chat all things about her being a student. She's currently a senior and kind of how she navigates all of these you know, competing priorities and mental health and her goal is to really be an advocate in the mental health space. So she is super inspiring and I know you guys are really going to love this episode. I also want to give a quick reminder that we are dropping our book club episode on October 12th. So we would love for you guys to read the books along with us and we will have more information about that on our Instagram. We're reading uh, People We Meet on Vacation and Beach Read. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. They're pretty trendy books right now. So we would love for you guys to read them along with us and just wanted to flag that as an opportunity coming up. So without further ado, let's jump into our segments, starting with the week in review. So for my week in review, I actually just got back from a little weekend trip. It was super local, but you guys know that I currently live in Boston And so this past weekend was my boyfriend and I's five-year anniversary, and we sort of have like a non-spoken tradition of going to Vermont like every, at least once a year. We really, really like Vermont. Um, I just love all of the energy out there. The vibes are immaculate, I must say, and they have Burlington, which is just the coolest city. So I really feel at home in Vermont, and I definitely want to spend some portion of my life living there, whether it's just for a little bit or like long-term in the future. I just really, really like it. And it's close to home, but it's a little different. So anyway, big fan of Vermont. Um, And so we spent the weekend there. We took uh, Friday off and had a little bit of a long weekend. And what was really cool about this time was we did a farm stay through Airbnb. So I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm actually a huge Airbnb fan. Like I feel like even when I was younger, my parents would never really have us stay in hotels. It would always be in like an Airbnb type setting. And I just think it's so cool to kind of get that more local experience. And it's also a lot of times cheaper and you'll have more amenities. You'll have like a kitchen and everything. I'm not trying to be like an Airbnb ad. I'm just a big fan. Um, And so we did this really cool farm stay and I'll actually link the Airbnb down below if anyone's like in the New England area and wants to stay. Um, He actually only recently like posted it on Airbnb. So we were only like, we were in like the first 10 people to ever stay there, but it was amazing. We stayed at this farm called the Wicked Vines Farm. And so they... Um, they grow hops like for beer and then they're also a livestock farm. So they had sheep, cattle, you know, turkeys, ducks, like all sorts of different animals, which I just love. I love animals. So it was super cool to be there. Um, and yeah, I just really love, you know, supporting local agriculture. And so just all of it was really at my wavelength. And I just feel like Vermont is such a cool place because you really stumble on like the most hole in the wall breweries, or I guess I just say like shack in the mountain type things. Um, and they're just so cool. So big fan. And, you know, this is your sign to plan that little local weekend trip that you've had on your mind. I feel like I'm such a big fan of doing 
little local trips, especially um, given COVID and everything. Maybe international travel is not possible for you right now, but there's always really cool places to explore right in your backyard, whether it's just like a two-hour drive away. So um, yeah, things are still a little bit crazy at work. If you guys remember that I mentioned that, uh, I think it was last episode, um, but hopefully they'll settle down a little bit soon, but it was just great to, you know, get out and take a day off when I really needed it. And this is also your sign to do that. Take your PTO people. All right, moving into my favorites. So it is still favorites, even though it's just me, because I actually have two. Um, And the first one is a way that I've been doing my nails recently. And I do occasionally get my nails done, but for the most part, I do them myself. And I feel like people are always so surprised when I say that I did them myself. Um, But I figured out a good technique, so I'm going to talk about it. But I've been really loving the multicolor French tip trend. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but I really love multicolored nail polish. Like I think it's such a fun uh, thing to do. but sometimes in a work setting, it's a little more professional to have it like a little more subtle. And also I just really like French tips. Like I think it's a really pretty look. So I've been really on the multicolor French tip train lately. And I just pick random nail polishes that I have. I don't even really go for like a specific palette. And I feel like it always turns out really cute. But my secret for you guys is I always had trouble doing French tips. I remember in the past, like I would do the whole like tape trick and everything. But what I've realized is you have to you can't try to move the brush because you're inevitably going to get like a squiggly line. What you have to do is you have to keep the brush still and you have to move your hand. I wish you guys could see me right now because I'm giving it as an example, but literally just like rest your hand on a table and keep the brush still and start at one end and then just move your entire finger. And that's how you get the straight line. It's been such an epiphany for me and everyone always thinks that I got them done and I didn't even like my right hand still looks really good. So you have to try it out. That is my pro tip for this episode. Try it out. You'll thank me later. Um, And then my other favorite that I wanted to bring up is this tea that I've been trying. And so you guys remember last episode when I had no voice, I still have, I'm still recovering, but I have a lot more of a voice back. And I think a lot of that has to do with this tea that I was drinking. So I'm just going to look up the specific name. Yes. Okay. I found it. It is the Yogi elderberry lemon balm tea and it's supposed to help with immune and stress and so they have it at target i got it at this local boston place called cambridge naturals looks like it's on amazon but i just love it i think it like tastes so good um it has ashwagandha for adaptogenic support it's organic caffeine free i really like drinking it like in the afternoon um and so i'm looking at like how they describe their flavor profile and it says cinnamon, ginger, hibiscus, lemon, and licorice. I don't really know how I feel about that. I just think it tastes really good. So definitely give it a try, especially if you've been struggling with, you know, stress lately or you feel like you've been getting sick. I think it is really good. And also I just really like this tea brand in general, Yogi. Um, They're all like around $5 or less and they are just my favorite. So definitely give that a try. All right, I think we are ready to move into the main episode with Poonam. So I know you guys are really going to love her perspective and let's just get right into it. And moving into the main interview portion of this episode, I'm so excited to welcome Poonam to the show today. If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need 
need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. She is such a badass working on mental health through her nonprofit work, writing a book, all of the things. So we're really excited to dive in and chat with her today about what it's like to do that as a college student, especially one on the pre-med and the pre-law track, but I'll stop spoiling it for you and just ask Manam, how are you? How's your day going? It's going pretty good. How about you? Good. Yeah. It's a, we're recording this. What even, is it a Tuesday? Yeah. We're recording this at the end of a Tuesday. It's like sunset. So the vibes are good all around and we're excited to have you on the show. Um, so just to give a little bit of background for our listeners, I was wondering if you could kind of talk about where you go to school and also what your major is. Yes, of course. Well, thank you so much for having me once again. Um, so my name is Poonam. I'm actually a senior at Roosevelt University in Chicago. Um, I am majoring in psychology with a concentration in neuroscience and a minor in management. And as you just mentioned, I'm also on the pre-med and pre-law track. So I plan to be a neurosurgeon and an attorney one day. Oh my gosh, that is just crazy. Like all of the most intense accolades I could imagine. Um Wow. And I'm curious, like, what made you want to pursue psychology, which I guess that's like your core major, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So as for psychology, I've always had an interest in the brain and like mental health. And with especially with my nonprofit, I've really become interested in psychology and the field of mental health. And that's, I just decided to make a career out of it with my neuroscience neuroscience, um, journey. And I just really appreciate the just the field of psychology and all the intricacies within it as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm curious, like what, why kind of double up on the pre-med and the pre-law track? Like, is that something that maybe is like in your family or like you just couldn't pick one? Like, and is that typical in your experience? Like how many people do you know that are doing a program like that? Yeah. So that's a very commonly asked question. <laughs> a lot of people just ask like, why are you like trying to ruin your life? <laughs> no, that's not what I was getting at. But yeah, so um, I was actually just focusing on like my pre-med studies. <clears throat> but um, recently during the during like the pandemic, I realized that there are a lot of issues that women of color face, just, just like myself, such as um, work instability and inequality inequality and all these different issues that um, just like women face in general. And um, this kind of inspired me to pursue the field of law as well, because as a physician, you only have that much experience within the field of like law and you don't really have much like knowledge, I guess. So within if I have some extra experience within the field of law and some extra expertise and um, I can actually like do something regarding the issues that um, that women face. And it's not to say that you have to major or you have to be like pre-med and pre-law in order to actually make an impact in the world. But for me, I just feel like I would like to have a background in the field of law just to kind of um, enhance my experience and to kind of be a catalyst of change for women. I love that. Yeah. I think there's so many issues that are like so much more systemic than we think, you know, like it could feel like one issue is isolated to, you know, reproductive health or something like that. And it's maybe like a medical issue, but then in reality, there's so many political and legal and like issues. And so I think it's great that you're taking like more of a holistic view. And I think not enough people do that, to be honest. Um, And so I'm curious, you know, obviously you have a ton going on. And I'm curious, like, we don't actually have a lot of students on the show. I feel like most of the time we're talking to people that have already graduated. So I'm excited to have a current student on the show, a current senior, um, and ask you what's like your biggest hack, your biggest pro tip for the other students listening. Could be anything, could be like dining hall related or studying or anything like that, but just wanted to get your two cents. Yeah, of course. I would say be organized, whether that looks like buying as much 
colored pens or buying a planner or using Google Calendar because I feel like when you have so much going on, it's so easy to lose track of all of your responsibilities. So I like to use Google Calendar and time block everything that I need to do every single day and color code all of my responsibilities so that way I can kind of um, give the needed attention and give the needed time to each responsibility. So from like 6 a.m. to like 7 a.m. I just eat breakfast and get fresh enough for the day and from like 7 a.m. to like 8 a.m. that's like my commute and everything is like written down within my google calendar and if you prefer a digital calendar if you prefer a um, just like a simple uh, written planner like whatever works for you um, so there isn't like a equation to being organized like whatever kind of works best for you so I, I would just say like organization is like the best tip for um just like if you have so many things going on and if you have like all these responsibilities. So if I wasn't organized, I, I think I would just have a mental breakdown every day and which I do, but it's not because of organization. <laughs> yeah, no, you're totally speaking my language. I bet if any um, TDH listeners um, are, they're probably laughing right now because I am a huge time blocking in Google calendar advocate. So that really resonated with me. And we actually have a whole episode that we did probably like a year ago now, Um, all about like the pros and cons of planning digitally versus on paper. So if this is you, this is your sign to get you um, organized and you can go give that episode a listen to kind of figure out how you want to get started, but totally love that advice. Um, And I'm also curious to ask, what is something that you're glad you did as a student while at university? And then what is something that maybe you wish you had done sooner or maybe you still want to do before you go ahead and finish? Um, I guess next year. Yes, of course. I think um, something that I really um, appreciate that I did um, throughout the past couple of years as an undergrad is building connections with my professors. Because um, through like building, I feel like people kind of assume that professors are like these scary people and they're just out to get you. And um, I think through building all of my through building like connections with my professors, I was able to kind of attain like research opportunities. And I recently um, got a um, attained a position at UCLA and Stanford. And I don't think I could have ever done that if I didn't build a close relationship with my science professor professors and my um, pre-medical um, studies professors as well. So I think just um, that's something that I would recommend to anyone listening, building building like strong connections with your uh, professors and just, um, you know, don't don't just do it because like you want to get something out of them. I think mm. it's really important that you realize that they're people as well and they've once been in your um, shoes like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think something that I wish I did sooner is um, kind of what I just mentioned, like being organized, because I remember my first year of college, like a bunch of work has been thrown at me and I didn't really know like how to organize everything and how to like kind of like manage my time. I just wanted to do like everything in like one single day and it's not healthy to like do that because you obviously need to like prioritize your physical well-being and your mental well-being. So just being organized and managing managing your time is just something that I wish I could have done like from day one, but I still have time to end up strong. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, And super exciting that you're graduating in 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm curious, like, what are your plans for after graduation? I mean, I think a whole theme of our show is that, you know, things don't always go to plan after graduation, but I'm curious what you have planned and also just for your future as a whole, because it sounds like you have a lot kind of in the pipeline. Yes, of course. So after graduation, I actually have a fellowship at um, the University of Chicago. It's kind of like a research fellowship. So I'll actually be spending some time in Bangladesh where my parents are from doing some research on um, just ways to kind of create a nutritional plan for um, the children there and creating like um, just create sustainable plans for um, the orphans in Bangladesh. And alongside with that, I'll also be interning at the um, NIH, mm-hmm. which, is, um, which is the thing that I'm most excited for. Like I can't even stop smiling right now. Like, <laughs> I can't believe this is even like going on in my life. So that's 
that's kind of like the two things I'll be focusing on is just my research fellowship and also interning at the NIH. And uh, hopefully after that, I can get into uh, medical school because I worked really hard <laughs> these past couple of years. Yeah. In. And um, after that, um, I also plan on going to law school post-residency. So I have a long, um, many, many <laughs> education ahead of me. So a lot of people decide to do like the MDJD track. I just like to kind of focus on one thing at a time. So mm. just doing my medical studies first and then transition transitioning to like my um, law studies yeah well all of that sounds amazing um and it's so cool that you're going to be able to travel back um to you know your your roots and have have you been to Bangladesh before no I have not (laughs) that's so exciting as um a fellow first generation American I can definitely understand and sympathize and I think that's really amazing and your parents must be really proud that you're going back to do that really important work so that's amazing thank you so much thank you um and I didn't even realize that an MD JD combined program is a thing I feel like that has to take a very specific type of person so definitely sympathize with the idea of focusing on one thing at a time um and it sounds like you don't mind school so um you've got to You've got quite the plan there. So I'm excited to follow along. <laughs> Thank you so much. Cool. Well, now I kind of want to shift into talking a little bit about your nonprofits. So I know that you have two nonprofits that you currently run, and those are Virtue Mental and then Shattering Bias in Steam. So we can kind of talk about a little uh, of both of them. And I'm especially curious to hear more about the founding of Virtue Mental. And if you could just talk a little bit about kind of what you guys do as a whole and kind of how the, the founding story came to be. That's always one of my favorite questions to ask. Yes, of course. So um, Virtue Mental is an international organization which aims to provide free mental health resources to historically marginalized communities. So we focus a lot on like South Asians, um, the LGBTQ plus community, um, Latinx, and so on and so forth. And um, I actually started this organization um, in May 2020, so just when the pandemic was still going on. And the reason why I started this um, nonprofit is because as a South Asian American, I feel like there isn't much conversation when it comes to mental health. like our physical health is always prioritized. Like if you if you have like a heartache, you can go see a cardiologist or if you have like some kind of like skin um, disease, you can go see a dermatologist. So your physical health is always prioritized, which is obviously really important. But when it comes to your mental health issues, like if you have depression or anxiety, it's you, you're seen as like an incompetent person, if that makes sense. Like you're not seen as like, any other person in this world, you, you're seen as someone that has a mental health issue. So that's kind of like what your label is. So through my nonprofit, uh, Virtue Mental, I not only aim to provide all these like mental health um, resources, like workshops and uh, support groups, I also aim to um, kind of like create a conversation, like create more opportunities for conversation because the first step to eradicating the stigma starts with creating more conversations because if no one's talking about it then how are these issues going to be solved so that's kind of like what my motivation what my main motivation to start virtue mental was and as a south asian american like who was also like undergoing all these challenges i feel like i didn't really get the support that i really needed at that moment so i hope to kind of um be that helping hand for all these, all the marginalized communities that, are, that don't have access to mental health issues or mental health resources. But as for uh, my other nonprofit, Shattered Bias and Steam, which is also the title of my book, which will be released um, towards the beginning of next year, if nothing goes wrong, because I know <laughs> things always go, um, things never go as planned. So, um, but for like my sharing bias and steam nonprofit it's basically a nonprofit that um, aims to provide free professional and um, academic opportunities to young girls who are in marginalized communities as well and we do a lot of like workshops um, mentorship opportunities internship opportunities obviously everything is like virtual so um we uh, we're actually launching like our official uh, worldwide uh, mentorship program in the next couple of weeks. So uh, young girls who are looking to pursue a career in STEAM, which is pretty much like STEM, but with a, a um, included uh, within the acronym, um, they'll be paired with a working professional within the field of STEAM, and they can always like ask um, questions and ask like. A, 
for insight on their uh, field of study and so on and so forth. So um, education and mental health is actually my, my two biggest passions. So I just combined that into two different nonprofits. So. Wow. I am like so impressed by everything that you're doing. And I think it's really important that you know, you kind of took your experience as a South Asian American and not really feeling like you had the support and turned it into something so good and making sure that other people don't have to have that experience. Um, And, you know, just taking something that's so culturally different, I guess, and bringing that into the conversation, because I definitely think there are so many things that, you know, you can go through as like a first generation American or coming from a family of immigrants that is so different. Um, And so I think that's really important what you're doing. And um, so you mentioned STEAM is just STEM, but with an A in it. So can you talk a little bit about that like acronym and kind of what the A stands for and just the main differences? Because I guess I wasn't super aware before um, before we reached out to you. Yeah, so recently um, they actually included an A into like the like the STEM acronym. And the A pretty much stands for like the arts would be um, like the arts and it kind of includes like graphic design and um, mm. marketing. Even I actually did not know that marketing was part of like the STEAM acronym, which is something that I just realized like after like um, writing my book and everything. So I think um, it's really important that you include like arts into the field of STEM because I feel like the arts is always something that is um, downgraded in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, when, when you when you tell someone like you're an art major, like the first thing that they assume is that, oh, like whatever you do is not really like appreciated or it's not like it's kind of going to go to like your degree is going to go to waste but I think like every major has its pros every major has its pros and cons that's what I'm trying to say so that's um that's kind of my insight on the A within the field of STEAM it's really important that young children kind of realize that A like the A in STEAM like the art section is really important because um it just like it's really important that you have like a sense of creative creativity within like your career. It's not just like, you know, you're just sitting there in front of a computer like and putting all this data. It's really important that you have some kind of creativity as well. Yeah, totally. And I can relate to that too, because I think, you know, I was kind of in more of like a humanities type mm-hmm. of major. And I feel like um, that often is seen as secondary to the hard sciences when in reality, like the world can't function without those two different things cooperating together. Um, and so I think it's awesome that you included that and that that acronym is becoming a thing. Cause I, like I said, I didn't even know that. Um, so I love that that's included in your book and that we can bring more awareness to that. Um, and kind of going back a little bit towards your work with virtue mental. So you mentioned how your main focus is really providing mental health support to marginalized groups. And so I'm curious if you could talk a little bit more about like specifically how you do that and what kind of support you offer. Yes, of course. So Virtue Mental really relies on collaborations. So we collaborate with a lot of like immigration offices, um, a lot of um, just like a lot of like local and international nonprofits that already focus on providing resources for South Asians and the LGBTQ population and women. And so we kind of collaborate with them and join join forces and we do a lot of like workshops, uh, seminars, support groups, um, group therapy groups. So um, that's kind of like how, how we're able to provide our resources. Like if it wasn't for our uh, partners and collaborators and we wouldn't really have like virtue mental because we really like are able to rely um, and leverage heavily on the collaborations that we built and the partners that we built or partnerships so yeah yeah so that's kind of where I'm coming from like virtue mental wouldn't be virtue mental if it wasn't for all the collaborators out there so you know who you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love that and I think you know selfishly I, it sounds like that takes a lot of, you know, networking and like putting yourself out there and probably like cold emailing, cold calling to get in touch with all these different organizations. And so do you have any tips for that kind of thing? Like, it sounds like you're must be like an expert networker at this point. How do you like, how do you like reach out and like convince people of like the value proposition of what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, at first it was really hard for me because um, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm very introverted. So it's really hard for me to like really get out there and like talk to a bunch of people that I've never met before. And I think something to keep in mind is that like the worst thing someone can say is uh, no. Like they can't like come find your house and like (laughs) 
hurt you or anything like that. So the worst thing that someone can say is no. So I, I think just like um, that's something really important to keep in mind. But I think like it's really important that um, if someone does say no, like just make sure it doesn't like take a toll on like yourself because you know people we're in the middle of a pandemic there's so many things that are going on in people's lives so um you know it's, it's don't take it personally but Definitely. i think like actually trying to convince people i feel like it's um it's really important that you show like the the things that you have done in the past with the nonprofit and with the, the project that you're working on so i like to kind of bring up like oh these are the number of people that we have helped in the past with their services and we would love to um kind of get your assistance so we can further our work mm-hmm. and i think when it comes to at least like nonprofit work like people um usually say yes because people most people have that kind of heart but um as i said before like don't take it personally if no one says like if you don't get like a um a yes the first time it only takes one yes so yeah I I love that and I think it's funny that you mentioned the whole like don't take it personally thing because I think that's also a big theme of our show and just knowing that there are so many like external factors going on in everyone's life in the world and so just you know preserving your own like internal value regardless of your situation or what you're what you're striving for is like so important um so I definitely that that really resonated with me um, and so I'm curious, you know, I did a little bit of digging and I noticed on your website that you have a pretty awesome internship program. And so I was curious if you could tell us more about that, you know, for each of your nonprofits and maybe how our listeners could get involved if they're interested. Yes, of course. So um, thank you so much for asking that question. I feel like our interns don't get as much credit as, mm-hmm. but, um, yes. Yeah, so, so within, um, our internship program also started like around that time that we launched our nonprofit, like around the May to like August kind of um, time period. So um, I kind of noticed that like during the pandemic, like especially for myself, like I had a lot of things planned out for myself during the summer. Like I would volunteer in a hospital. I had so many shadowing opportunities within like medical clinics and all of that was taken away from me because of the pandemic. So um, I just launched like an internship program that kind of focuses on providing skills and expertise to um, to pre-med and pre-health students. So we do a lot of like, like outreach and we do like a lot of administrative work, but we also do like a lot of like uh, a lot of things that kind of correlate to a um, like a future medical professional's career, such as like um, empathy building, diversity trainings, um, so on and so forth. So the way that you're able to get involved is you can always send us a message on um, Instagram or email us at team at virtualmental.org and we can always find a way that you can um, come and get involved or get involved. That's awesome. And how do you like manage such a big network um like do you have help on your team or how does that work yeah so we actually um have like 200 plus interns within our organization and obviously like man like one person managing like 200 plus interns it does like it's really overwhelming so within our um our internship program we have something called committees so um each um, we have like team leads and committees. So all of our team members, they kind of take charge of like a certain group of people and they train them for like a certain number of weeks. For example, like one of my team members who is a, um, a communication strategist, she kind of trains um, us or trains like the interns on diversity and um, empathy building and mental health aid and things of that sort. So um, it's just like, it's not just me like doing all the work and like, taking charge of like all 200 people it's all of my team members kind of um delegating all the responsibilities and training each group of people and the um interns actually switch so you don't do the same thing for like the duration of like three months or like five months if that makes sense yeah definitely um well teamwork makes the dream work so i love that you have that skill of like delegating and working with other people because i think especially when like something is kind of your baby. Like when you've worked to start something and you've created this nonprofit, it could be really easy to want to maintain, you know, control of everything. But I think it's such a skill to delegate and make sure that you have kind of those controls and that help in place to maintain your own mental health. So I love that. That's a priority for you. Um, And then you hinted at this a little earlier, but I wanted to circle back to it because 
you know, you just casually threw in that you're going to be publishing a book. That is crazy. Um, so I wanted to give you kind of a minute to talk a little bit about that. Tell us what, you know, your, your research was about and just that process. Cause I can't even imagine like, you know, we do so much writing for school, so I can't imagine taking on additional writing for a book and kind of how that whole publishing process goes and everything. Yes, absolutely. So um, in February 2020, so right before the pandemic started, I I don't know, like, I don't know what was in me. <laughs> I just kind of like casually like had this thought like, oh, you know, I'm getting old. Well, not really, but I'm kind of getting old. Like, I have a like I have all these years ahead of me, obviously, but all those years are going to fill it with are going to be filled with like education and like residency and all these like different things that I need to do for my career. So um, I was like, maybe this might be this year might be the year that I start writing a book. So um, that day I had that thought. I was like, I need to find a topic that I need to write about, and it has to be something that I'm passionate about because if anyone out there is planning on writing a book don't write about something that you're not passionate about because it's going to be very evident throughout the entire book that you don't really know anything about that subject area or you're not really passionate about it so something that I'm passionate about it's like STEAM education and um, eradicating gender um, discrimination and gender inequality because at that time I was the president and I was the founder and president of a student organization called Girl Up which is like and United Nations-based foundation, which um, kind of does a similar work as um, Shine, Vice, and Steam, but it's more on like a larger global scale. So I, I was like, oh, maybe I should write about um, implicit gender bias and the some um, practical ways that executives within a company can eradicate gender discrimination within their. Um, within their careers and within the field of work that they're doing. So that's kind of like the main focus of my book. Um, I, that's like, I'm kind of focusing on like implicit gender bias, gender discrimination. And we, I interviewed many women within the field of STEAM, such as women from like Google, Miami Heat, um, NASA, Tesla, all these like different um, companies. And I, I was just kind of like getting their um, insight on like the bias that they faced within their careers and some of the women they're not um, named within my book we kind of just use like um, I'm not sure what they're called like a pen pseudonym yeah yeah yes. so like um, their identity is not like fully disclosed because I know that this is a very sensitive topic to um, talk about so that's kind of the focus of my book it's been a very long long ride. Um, I actually switched publishers because uh, the previous publisher I was working with it would, they were just very like I don't know, they're very like um, deadline heavy in a sense. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, you need to like write a whole book in six months and you have to raise like $5,000 towards your publishing um, publishing costs in like a month. So I was like, you know, as a student, I feel like that's, or as a student that's doing all these different things, I feel like that's not a very feasible goal for me. So I just switched to like self-publishing and that's kind of like what I'll be doing for um, the next couple months until I publish the book, just like, um, editing, revising with my editors and um, kind of making sure that this book actually, I, I didn't just write a book, like this book is actually making a huge impact in the world because, you know, anyone can say that they wrote a book, you know, in a way, but, you know, no one can really say or not that many people can say that this book actually made an impact in someone's life. Yeah, well, it sounds like an amazing subject matter. And I'm glad that you know, we're having more and more conversations around diversity and inclusion in the workplace. So I'm hoping to read it once it's out. So um, what did you say the timeline would ideally be? When can we expect to see it? Yeah, so it's going to be around like February, um, March-ish. So hopefully not March, but February. Yeah, (laughs) well, you have to give us an update and we'll post about it for all the listeners to to check it out. Um, Awesome. So I kind of want to shift a little bit into... Just talking more about mental health as a whole, because obviously, you know, you're studying neuroscience, you're on a pre-med track, and you kind of have a lot of expertise um, when it comes to addressing mental health and the different ways that you can do that. And so that's obviously such a big topic in, uh, you know, student life and post-grad life and just kind of like your young 20s as you're navigating new stages of life and figuring out exactly who you want to be. And so I guess just to kick it off, wondering if you have any tips for managing mental health specifically, you know, as a student. 
Yeah, so I, I think I would say like integrating self-care into your daily routine because I feel like when we think about self-care or like just the word self-care, we kind of automatically assume that I just have to take the whole day off. I need to go get a facial. I need to um, go get a manicure, pedicure, so on and so forth. But um, I think self-care should be like, it's not just like where you take off the whole day. It's more like um, you integrating at least like 10 to 15 minutes per day to do something that you love. So I, I don't think there is like an equation to like self-care in a sense. Like for me, like self-care looks like going to Target, smelling, mm-hmm. can- <laughs> smelling candles and like eating chocolates. But for you, it might look something completely different. So I would just say like doing something every single day, whether it's like 10 to 15 minutes, um, that's, that doesn't have to do with like work or academics. So just eating a nice meal or taking a shower or painting your nails or what, so on and so forth. So just integrating like some self-care habits into your daily life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think there is, uh, you know, we've talked about it on the show as well. There's kind of this glamorized version of self-care and then there's like the real self-care that helps you get through the day. And just knowing that it doesn't have to be you know, this glamorous picture of what self-care is to some people, but it's such an individual thing. Like it's really whatever works for you and making sure that you're thinking of like your own definitions. Cause to your point, like yours is going to target, maybe yours is going on a walk. Like there's so many things people can do. So, um, I think that's a great tip and this is sort of on the same wavelength, but I think our listeners can obviously tell by now that you just have a lot going on. And so I'm really curious to ask you, you know, you mentioned that staying organized is a huge thing. Making time for self-care is a huge thing. But is there anything else, um, any other like techniques that you could speak about, about um, avoiding overwhelm specifically? Because I feel like it would be so easy to get overwhelmed with all the things that you have going on. Yeah, I would just say like, I know this sounds very cliche, but knowing your limits, because Mm -hmm. it's really easy to say like yes to every opportunity that comes your way. But you need to understand that you're a human being, you're not like a robot that can like do every single thing in one day or like every single thing that you take on. So I, I know there have been many opportunities in the past where I had to like, um, I've been offered to like do this and do that, like come speak at this event. And like, I just wasn't like mentally and physically, like I just wasn't like, I, I wasn't capable of doing that because I just had so many things going on. I had this huge like capstone that I had to work on and this huge like lab report and all these different things. And, like I really wanted to, but obviously, like I know if I took on all these opportunities, I it, it just would be like a negative. Um, it would take like a negative toll on my mental and physical well-being. So I think just setting boundaries and also like knowing your limits and kind of to piggyback off of what I just mentioned. Like um, we also within our um, nonprofits, we have something called like Slack. So I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if this, is, this kind of relates to what I'm saying, but um, I try to like turn off my Slack notifications after mm-hmm. a certain time because it, it gets really overwhelming when like it's like 11 p.m. and all these people are like texting me. And I'm like, I just want to, I just want to go to plug. Yeah. Like, I just want to like sleep. I just want to lay down. Like, I don't want to deal with anything right now. So it's really, it's really important that you know your limits and you know, like what your boundaries are. Yeah, definitely important to protect your peace. Um, and I like what you said earlier about boundaries, because I think some like an angle that some people don't even take is that, you know, you are going to both do yourself a disservice by taking on too much, but also the person who you're trying to help. So if you have way too much going on and you're offered a speaking engagement, but you can't really give your whole self to that, to that presentation and it doesn't end up going, you know, amazing. That's, that's a a con to like everyone involved. So I think just knowing that like, not only are you kind of helping yourself and preserving your own sanity, but you're also helping them in the end and to not feel guilty about, you know, saying no when, when you have a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, they can, um, they can always find someone who is more, um, more attentive in a way because you still need to like prioritize yourself at the end of the day. Like you only have yourself. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, And then curious for people who are just, starting on their mental health journey, where would you recommend that they start? Yeah, I think um, I kind of like touched on this a little bit um, earlier, but I think it just, it kind of starts with like simple habits every day. So just um, five minutes, if it's really hard for you to take 15 minutes out of your day to do something that you enjoy, just, you know, how about we start with five minutes and then we kind of wake 
we kind of like work our way up like mm-hmm. every single week. So like five minutes, one week, 10 minutes, another week. So, so on and so forth. So I think just like integrating small like self-care habits, but I would also say like, if you're, um, if you know that you're going through something and it really needs like professional assistance, you really need to like see a therapist and a mental health professional, because I think it's really easy for us to, um, like vent to our partners or our um, our best friends and our family, but you know they can't really do much if they're not like qualified to. Mm-hmm. But you need to actually go out there and seek assistance and um, just like seek help for like the things that you're going through. So I know it's easier said than done, but you need totally. to do, you need to do what's best for you at the end of the day. Right, exactly, and knowing that you know when you speak to people that have the right tools, they're really going to be the best people to support you and help you and the goals you're trying to achieve and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And sort of curious to ask you, you know, it sounds like you um, are really informed on the topic and maybe consume a lot of like content when it comes to mental health. So I was curious if you have any specific books or podcasts or, you know, resources or anything that you would especially recommend to our listeners um, that are interested in, in the topic. Yes, um, I really like Headspace. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, Headspace and Calm. Those are the two things that I utilize to kind of maintain my mental health. But um, I re- I know this sounds like super cliche, and <laughs> um, people are probably going to smile after <laughs> I say this. But I think just like using Virtue Mental as a resource, because on our website, we have so many blog articles and so many infographics and all these like different resources that you don't really have to come to our support groups and our workshops to um, to benefit from our resources. Like you can just go to our website, you can read all of the blog, ar- blog articles that have been written by our team members and our um, our interns. So we've really worked really hard to create as much free uh, mental health content as possible. So um, I think that's kind of um, where I'm coming from. Like, just be sure to utilize our resources and um, we're always here to help in whatever way possible. Totally. Love that. Love a shameless self plug. (laughs) And we will have all of that linked down below for you guys as well. So it's super easy to go check it out in the description. Um, We'll have a link to the blog and, you know, ways to get involved. Um, And so I think this is kind of our last question before we move into our this or that section, which is a fun game we play with all of our guests. So curious to ask, like, what goals you have when it comes to your future and continuing this awesome work that you're doing as a champion for mental health. So maybe like some dreams that you have for Virtue Mental or your book or just kind of like what are some next steps that you're excited about? Yeah, so I think uh, in regards to Virtue Mental, we would really like to expand it to different parts of the world because mental health stigma is not just like a like an American th- American thing or like a Western um, kind of thing. Um, it's evident in like every single part of the world. So I think just expanding to like um, more more countries and more um, more parts of the world. But I think for like other endeavors in my life, just with my book and everything. I would really like to um, write another book for the future <laughs> if I ever get the opportunity mm-hmm. because um, I think that book would kind of like be focused on like my experiences with, with Virtue Mental and um, how I was able to create a international nonprofit at my age. And I think a lot of people have like all these like questions about like, oh, you know, how do you create a nonprofit? Like, how do you make it international? So I just wanted to kind of uh, compile that into a book. Totally. Yeah, I know. I personally have a lot of questions for you about how you got started and everything. So you have to keep us, uh, keep us posted. Um, awesome. Well, yeah, I guess just my final question before we get into the, this or that section is how can people get involved? I know we talked about the uh, mentorship program and checking out the resources. Is there anything else, um, that you want to plug while we have you? Yeah. So I would just say like, I don't bite. (laughs) (laughs) So you can always like send me a DM on, um, on Instagram, which is the Punam Rahman. Um, I think Anya is probably going to uh, link that as well. Yes. I think just, um, I can always like hook you up with as many opportunities as I find, but then um, just outside of Virtue Mental and Shine Vibes, I can always hook you up with, um, <laughs> well, I can't guarantee like the hookup part, <laughs> but I can always like search for like in, uh, internship opportunities, research opportunities. And if you're looking for anything like pre-med related, like I'm always here to help it as many um, in any way uh, possible because I'm always like I'm really big on like mentorship 
because I probably wouldn't have been here and have all these experiences without my mentors. So shout out to all my mentors. So awesome. there's many of them. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Cool. Well, yeah, like we said, we'll have everything linked down below to uh, keep up with Poonam and Virtue Mental and her book and all the amazing things that she's working on. And moving into our favorite portion of our guest episodes, we're going to play this or that. So if you've never listened before, these are just five fun, light, candid questions that we're going to have Poonam answer right on the spot. She has not seen these before. So I'm going to kick it off with a real classic and that is coffee or tea. Oh, tea all the way. Oh yeah. What, what's like your favorite type of tea? Yeah. So I really like Bengali tea, the way that my mom makes it. It's like with oh. and um, a lot of herbs. So wow. tea all the way. I I know I know this was coming so (laughs) yeah I'm a big uh I'm a big tea person as well so I'll have to give that a try um the next one is go hiking or go swimming um I don't know how to swim so (laughs) so that's an easy choice (laughs) gotcha um do you do you actually do you like hiking do you like walking are there good places to go out in the midwest um to be honest I've actually never been hiking before oh you have to go (laughs) But I like walking though. Like I like walking around my neighborhood. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I walk a lot when I have to go to um, the city. So yeah. Walking awesome. all the way. Um, concert or museum? Museum. I yeah. had a feeling you would say that as a, <laughs> as an introvert, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good music in Chicago. I know we went, Kylie and I went to that one. I feel bad that I can't remember the name. It's like the famous one with the big dinosaur. Oh, you Yes, we went there. It was really good. <laughs> really yeah, beautiful. But um, like science and industry museum. Yeah. And so I assume you prefer like science museums over art museums. Yeah. Or do you like everything? No, I really like science museum. It's more like hands-on. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. The next one is pasta or pizza? Um, I like pizza. So <laughs> obviously it's like a Chicago thing. Oh, true. Yeah. You guys have the deep dish. That stuff's different. I don't even really know how I feel about it, to be honest. Are you a big fan? Yeah. I mean, I could eat it every day. But it's not, you have to agree. It's like not really pizza, right? Or is that a controversial take? I think it's pizza. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, actually it is pizza. I feel like it's such a casserole, you know? Mm. No. No. (laughs) Talking to the wrong person. Fair (laughs) enough. Fair enough. (laughs) I should have known. Maybe, maybe it is both like in a sense like I, I can see where you're coming from because it's like it, it has such mass you know what I mean it's so deep <laughs> I mean anything that has like cheese and tomato sauce I consider to be a pizza <laughs> anything Fair enough. triangle shaped <laughs> cool and I think this is our last one and it is sunny day or cloudy day um, to be honest I like both I'm not sure if that's an option yeah definitely I think they have their pros and cons for sure yeah. I mean, if it rains, then like, I hope the power doesn't go out. But I just like the feeling of like cloudy and like um, the rain. and stuff. Like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that is everything that I have for you today. So I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate your time. And it's awesome to be able to learn from really cool women like you. So like I said, we'll have all of the contact information linked down below and yeah, you guys know what to do. You can follow us on Instagram at two degrees hotter. We also have an anonymous suggestion box where you can submit any comments. Um, and I think that's about it. So we will chat with you guys next Tuesday. Thanks again, Phnom. Thank you so much.